Welcome to a special edition of At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week during Advent, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church will share in a conversation with members from our very own faith community. Our goal is simple. We want to share encouraging Christ-centered stories of hope, love, joy, and peace. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And welcome to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC, episode 11. Uh, we have started on our Advent series, walking through the main themes of Advent. And uh, each Sunday at Wakarusa Missionary Church, we discuss, um, we've been going, we just had our Hope Sunday this past Sunday, uh, Pastor Chris coming to us out of the book of Isaiah, which let's just say, you're going to start a series. Go with a go to an Old Testament prophet. Start hot. Start hot. Start hot with a lot of warnings, a lot, a lot of, of despair, <laughs> a lot of lack of hope going on, Absolutely. And, and then drop the hope. And bomb. then drop the hope bomb. That's right. But as a part of our conversation, we are all also bringing in uh, our friends from our congregation here at Wakarusa Missionary Church. And so today we also welcome uh, Albert and Haley. Guys, thanks for being here. Uh, Albert and Haley shared kind of their condensed story of hope with us uh, this past Sunday. And so we always like to take the opportunity to say 10 minutes was not enough for us. We're going to, we're going to bring you guys back in and uh, want to just really um, peel back some, peel back the layers of your conversation, get into it, into it deeper. But uh, just by way of kind of giving us all a sense of review of what you guys discussed Really, the story, your guys' story of hope is really about your daughter, Evelyn, who was born this past spring and kind of everything that led uh, up to that. So uh, just for our, our listeners, uh, Albert and Haley, uh, a wonderful couple here at our church who you guys, your story is, you know, the it's it's the it's the quintessential met at a young age dated you were a little shifty on when you started uh dating was it was it at youth group was it in youth group was it uh yeah see if you could see their faces there's like a when did it all albert tell us this tell us the truth when did it all really happen there was a time during youth group but then she ended that oh see i like it okay <laughs> there's a little drama it picked, up, it picked up again during college and okay haley do you do you affirm since. the version of the story yes or? okay all right <laughs> you know joel uh maybe this is a place of hope that we should uh, <laughs> that's right. Deeper that's into. right. oh boy I, yeah that's the, episode two part two will be really getting getting the backstory on your relationship but uh Albert and Haley uh, connected here at Wakarusa Missionary Church, dated, went to college, got married, and as all young couples look forward, uh, as many young couples do, look forward to starting your family with your first with your first child. And lo and behold, you hear, well, you hadn't named her Evelyn at the at the mm-hmm. time. Was was Evelyn like one of many on the list, or were you guys like Evelyn we, is the only name? We were pretty set on. Evelyn for a girl. Yes. Haley had decided on Evelyn before she decided on me. That's so. wow. Okay. So it goes, <laughs> it goes, it goes way back. Yes. So you guys, you're like, Oh, we're pregnant. Baby is on the way. And then is kind of where we picked up the story this past Sunday, but just give us the, give us the review of uh, everything that kind of transpired uh, from, from that point upon from, Knowing that you guys were pregnant and expecting, and then kind of up to kind of our our current situation now. So, um, yeah, we were so excited to have a girl because Albert's family has 
mostly boys. <laughs> and so that was quite a surprise, but it was um, exciting for us. And everything looked good at the 20 week ultrasound. That can be a scary time because that's when you find out if there's some big issues with um, the baby. And everything looked perfect. She looked beautiful. Um, going forward, I became lactose intolerant. I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes, which in the long run didn't make a huge difference. But um, because of the diabetes, at 37 weeks pregnant, they wanted me to get another ultrasound um, just to see how big Evelyn was so that we could plan going forward for the delivery. And that's actually where we found out that she had hydrocephalus. Yes. Now, this actually, for context, though, I think it's important to know your background as well. Uh, Albert is a biology teacher. This was mentioned on Sunday, yes. a biology teacher. And Haley, you uh, had been an OB uh, nurse yes, as well. Yes, for two years. And yep. then post-op, correct? So not only are we talking about, you know, words being thrown around uh, in titles, you guys had a, a deeper understanding of actually what they were talking about yeah. than maybe the average person. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That ultrasound, my mom came with me because with COVID, most most of the time, no one was able to be with you, but she, I was able to have someone. So she came with because she was excited and they were just doing all the measurements. And then the tech was like, oh, I need to call the doctor in here. And her and, head was just oh, yeah. big. Yeah. So that's when my mom was like, Albert, you need to get here now. Yeah. The text I received was come here now. There's something wrong with the baby. Oh, geez. So, oh, I, yeah, I had to go across the hall to another teacher and say, hey, watch my class. I got to go. Oh, and, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So in that in that moment, like obviously any number of thoughts are running through oh, yeah. your through your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just and you had no like, no, I mean, this is it is a parent. I mean, it's a parent's worst fear. Mm-hmm. Like like you are experiencing that in, in real time. Um, so. For those of for those of our listeners who uh, have not heard the kind of the biological definite the 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 definitions of Evelyn's condition, uh, Albert explained as, this, as only a science teacher can explain <laughs> explain it so well. It was super helpful for me because I I knew know the term but not really all the kind of the science behind it. But what 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 did they find with Evelyn? So uh, they found that she had a condition called hydrocephalus, and um, if you break that word down. Hydro means water, and cephalus means head. Um, it's just a condition where you have extra fluid in your brain. Um, and we say extra because the fluid is supposed to be there. It's not a foreign substance. It's not like the result of an injury or something. It's supposed to be there. It feeds your brain. It cleans your brain. It's very important. Um, she just had a lot more of it than she should have. So the ventricles, which are just bases in the brain where that fluid is stored and created, um, they were really big, way bigger than they were supposed to be. And therefore she had a bigger head than she was supposed to have. Um, it actually would have been impossible to deliver her, um, naturally because her head was too big. So it was actually God's provision right away. Um, giving Haley gestational diabetes. Cause that's the only reason we did that last wow. ultrasound. Like we should have done the 20 week ultrasound. And, and, and really, my blood sugars had been fine, and nearing the end, um, what I normally could eat before suddenly was making my blood sugar too high, and it was almost as if God was making me insulin resistant, insulin resistant um, in those last couple weeks to make it enough worrisome that the doctor wanted me to get that extra ultrasound. Gotcha. 
So, okay, so they give you this diagnosis, but with that diagnosis comes, I mean, um, there are a number of potential other concerns about the pregnancy or concerns about about having her kind of attached to that, right? Because it, because it, 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 I mean, there's a whole, and I know. I know at this stage, you know, doctors are trying to give you all the information that they can, and the information that's included in that goes. It's a it's a wide a wide array of of minor to very very serious. So what what did they tell you could happen with Evelyn? They they basically told us that they didn't know, oh, wow. um, and that there's no way we will know until she's born and she's here, and we can see what's going on. Um, but they said, like, there's a higher chance of being a stillborn with this condition um, because of the extra fluid in her brain, seeing all of her brain matter was difficult. So there was a possibility that her brain had just not developed fully or just stopped developing. And that's why there was all this extra space for fluid in her brain. Um, But also they told us like some kids just have extra fluid and they've developed normally up till then. And she's going to be okay. She might need a shunt or a different, surgery of some kind to help manage it. But, um, yeah, anywhere in that spectrum, she could have fallen and we just had no idea and they couldn't tell us. So you guys end up going down to Riley children's hospital. You check in, you're, you're there several days before your scheduled C-section, correct? Yeah. So we actually stayed in a hotel, um, for a week and a half before the They hadn't even scheduled a C-section. They scheduled an MRI and some extra ultrasounds to try to get down to the bottom of the cause. And then after that, they scheduled a C-section. And we were down there Saturday, and the MRI was Thursday, I think. So just shy of a week. And the reason we went down there was because um, Haley actually started having some contractions and dilating. And um, we didn't want to have the baby up here. Right. um, Because... The scenario then would be she has the baby up here and then they transport her down to Riley Children's Hospital. Um, and then I would go down there and Haley would be stuck up here for three days and it would have just been a mess. And we didn't want to risk that happening. Yeah. Well, you, you clearly already had enough unknowns in mm-hmm. front of you, let alone to add another one. So you go down to a hotel in Indianapolis and you said you, you arrive on Saturday, but an MRI is not until Thursday. Tell me, I, I can only imagine what that is like. I'm imagining time is going slowly, uh, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. What was that? What was that week like? It was it was pretty rough. I mean, for me, it was really hard to not focus on what could go wrong and if Evelyn is even going to be alive when she's born, if she's going to be severely handicapped for her whole life. Just. It's, it was hard not to dwell on that because I was trying not to be too active either. So you're just kind of sitting around with your thoughts, essentially. Yeah, we there wasn't really a way to distract ourselves because we pretty much couldn't leave the room. Um, walking around was a no-no because that could put Haley into labor. And then we're really going at this in the dark. Mm-hmm. So to paint the picture for where you guys are basically a self-imposed prisoner in a, in a hotel room, <laughs> you have unknown, you have a, a, a diagnosis, but one that basically just ushers you into a bunch of other unknowns. You really have no way to divert your thoughts away from that, that pronouncement. Like, so it's, 
it's just a bunch of ambiguity kind of on top of ambiguity. And then as you guys shared with us, uh, you made, you guys made the decision uh, what, what sounded very intentionally to go to scripture and to, that was, that was your starting point. Tell me about that process and that experience. Yeah. We, we went to scripture because, I mean, part of it was we didn't have any other choice, um, but we specifically went to um, the miracles of Jesus because that was what we wanted. Like, we wanted nothing more than for God to just heal Evelyn and us not have to deal with this. Um, we wanted to have it taken care of. And we know through our faith and that he could do that. And we just wanted to read and confirm that and um, find hope in that um, by reading those scriptures. And we, we knew, you know, we were completely out of control. The whole situation, we had nothing to do with it. We couldn't do anything to take the fluid away. There was nothing we could do. Um, God would be the only one that could actually do anything with that fluid in her head. So we just <laughs> dug in and prayed that he would heal her in my womb. And and so, I I mean, I think it's just, it, it's sort of a, it's an interest. I mean, what you were experiencing in real time, in a real place, is a really kind of interesting metaphor, I think, just for the, for the Christian life of, because all of us, to some degree or another in life, will be thrown something where, we feel unprepared for it, ill-equipped for it. We had had, we thought things were heading in one direction, but now they're heading, heading in another. And there's just a, like, we don't know what's on the, on the horizon. And I, I'm just really intrigued with the idea that in the midst of that experience, um, God kind of puts you in a, I mean, God puts you in a place where you, you're, you're, you're kind of trapped in a, in a way. What, what was it about um, reading the miracles of Jesus specifically? Because you 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 kind of said like that's what you were that's what you were hoping for. Um, I mean, as you're reading, as you're praying, what what is the Lord revealing to you in in that time? Did you, did you feel like you had you had direction? Did you was there a was there a sense of something stirring within you being accomplished in you in that time? Or was that more like upon later reflection that maybe you kind of gained some clarity about that? I think we definitely, um, I mean, we were playing worship music and worshiping. We're trying all different ways just to consume ourselves with God and his presence because that that's the only thing that really was helping us through it. Um, you're in a time of just such <laughs> despair and we were just, crying out to the Lord with nothing else on. I mean, nothing, we couldn't think of anything else to do. And um, so I think that it definitely made us, I guess, feel closer to God in a way because, I mean, in the, in the scriptures we're reading, it made us feel like God wants you to ask for what you want. It's okay to ask for exactly what you want. He may not give it to you, but, I mean, we were in communication with him the whole time. Yeah, and when you're trapped in a room for a week and a half with nothing else on your agenda, um, it just gives you an opportunity that 
we don't usually have in this society um, where we can solely focus on on God and, and eating. Right. <laughs> like, we, yeah. we didn't work. Eat, sleep, pray. Like yeah. that was literally our life for a week and a half, and neither of us had ever really experienced that before. It wasn't no. a fun way to experience it. Even but. taking care of our dogs. You know, we weren't home. We didn't have anything to take care of. No job to go to at that in the moment. So you had a it, you had a a forced monastic experience, kind of. You mm-hmm. you it, it it was a it was a retreat. Not not the kind that no not the kind that most <laughs> yeah. of us would Mm-mm. would would think of, but. There, there is something, and I just what I what I hear in that story. I mean, there's just something so powerful about saying, okay, everything else is off the table, like everything else is off the table. We're we're going to take care of our yes, we're going to we're going to eat food, like that's going to we're going to you know maintain some uh, maintain our energy. But then it's it's the word of God, it is prayer, and it is worship, and and that is it. You know, as I look back on your story and I remember uh, this playing out, here we were up here 3 hours away. Uh I you can tell that God was at work though. Uh one of the evidences of that was I really liked and I think I even sent a message at one point saying I really like your updates. I like the way that you guys I don't know who can take credit for it if you both were working that through or not <laughs> that, but that would be Haley. <laughs> but 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 the the depth of the things that were being written were powerful. You know, somebody who finds himself in a situation like that, uh, you sense despair, you sense, I, I, I don't know what to do, uh, I'm confused, God, where are you? Uh, God, we hate this, get us out of this valley. And while that's very real, that's very true, uh, the maturity level at which you guys wrote, the depth of which you wrote, I, I'm one who really appreciates writing, and the, the amount of the story that you were telling captured me. Uh, but what I saw in that was evidence of hope. Hey, we we are not. We believe in a God who can take this and do whatever He wants with it. We're gonna trust Him, and I just thought the maturity level. So God was, I, as I was reading, God was at work, and uh, we were just waiting to see how He was gonna work. But I valued um, what you guys were writing. I think it was an encouragement to many people. And and on that topic of hope, which is what what we have so strongly seen in this story and, and experienced in this story. How would you guys define hope now? Kind of on the on the backside of that in that learning process, what does hope mean to you um, as as a couple? Um, or when you you know every time you look at Evelyn, um, I mean, what a great and this is I think the great gift of God, right? Like you get to look at your child and be instantly reminded of a, a whole a whole world of things that God has done, but. Thinking about hope in light of all of that, what what does it mean to you guys now? I think, um, I guess we didn't really think about the word hope a whole lot while we were down there. Um, but looking back, I think our thought of hope was like, I hope God chooses to heal her. <laughs> I hope that all this praying like has an effect and that it works. And um, it's just kind of, wishing is kind of where our how hope was for us um during the whole time um and we talked about it on sunday but now our hope um has a lot more backing it um because we just have confidence that god was he was with us and he um provided for us through the whole thing and um and that's really what we can put our hope in 
not so much just hoping that things go our way, but our hope is in that we have God that loves us and is with us and, and will work things for his good. Um, and we can trust him. Haley agrees. Yes. yes. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys get to Thursday and there's an MRI. What, what did you discover at the MRI? Nothing, nothing new. That MRI was really difficult for me because it was an hour long. I've never had an MRI before. I had a big pregnant belly. They had to put a, put a big like cage thing on my belly that Evelyn was constantly kicking at. I just try to stay still in this tube while she's kicking everywhere. Um, so that was very tough to make it through the hour long. And then we get the results, I think, like the next day because I think it was – off on the day but because of course they couldn't give you anything right away right exactly why why would that be yeah and yeah it didn't show anything new yeah yeah and and we met with um genetic counselors and neurologists and neurosurgeons and all of that was the next day and then at the end of the day we met with everybody all in one room and they they first put up a picture of a normal baby's brain and then they put up in a picture right next to it of Evelyn's brain and that's I remember that was probably the hardest part yeah yeah I remember after that you were talking to me and you were like okay I'm, I'm really scared now because we couldn't see a whole lot of brain matter and that was the biggest concern was that is she even going to have a whole brain um so yeah that was that was again discouraging even especially after we you know, prayed specifically for a miracle and really believed God could give it to us if that was his plan. Um, and it just, that wasn't the plan at this, at this time. So let me ask you, would you consider Evelyn a miracle today? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I wish for folks that weren't here on Sunday to see, to see her, first of all, like guys, she's just like the cutest child <laughs> ever. Uh, were, um, what is it like now? I mean, as you guys are raising her and, and, and again, there, there are um, some medical medical steps, some special medical steps that have had been taken because you did mention that she has a shunt yes. now, mm-hmm. which again, Albert, I, I have learned so much by the way, in, in all of this, like I didn't like, and Albert is super helpful and very concisely explaining what that all means, but. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So she's no. got a shunt. Um, which is it's technically a ventriculoperitoneal. Yeah, ventriculoperitoneal <laughs> shunt. Nailed it. People, people are Wikipedia. We, we were going to yeah. say that, yeah. but yeah. we wanted you guys to right. have the ability yeah. to yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but um, essentially she has a tube that runs into the middle of her brain where that fluid is produced. Um, it's got a valve in the tube, and then it runs under her skin, um, down the side of her neck, down over her chest, and into her abdomen. Um, not like into her stomach or guts, but around that, um, which is a part of your body that's actually really good at absorbing fluid anyway. That's called the peritoneal space. Yeah. That's the word, peritoneal. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so she has that, and it's supposed to last her her whole life. They coiled up extra tubing in there, so as she grows, it'll just be long enough. Um, unravel. It'll unravel, and she'll just have it, and you won't really know she has it Um they said the only way you would possibly see it is if she's really, really skinny and you might see it over her collarbone. Besides a bump on the head. Yeah, but she'll have hair. 
Yeah. So. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hey, hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I yeah. hope that would too. Uh, it's not, can, uh, for the listener who maybe doesn't know their story, who might be listening, can, can I go back in the story for just a second? So you come through the MRI, you come through all that. Uh, she's born. And, and at what point do you realize how she's doing? Obviously, she has a shunt. Um, tell us that part of the story real fast. So, I mean, for me, <laughs> I'm laying on the OR table and, you know, cut open. I won't get too gory, <laughs> but they hold her up over the curtain and we hear her cry. And, I mean, we both start tearing up some because we didn't know if she, you know, would be alive when she came out. Um, and so just hearing her cry, like, you know, she's alive. Her lungs work like she's breathing that was huge to me. Like, okay, like at least that's checked off, you know? Yeah. And then, um, they weighed her and they cleaned her up and then they took her away and put her in the, um, isolate is Mm -hmm. what it's called. Yes. They put her in the isolate and got her ready to be transported over to Riley. She actually was born at, um, IU Methodist hospital, Mm -hmm. um, which was across town at Indy. Um, so they were getting ready to transport her, and then they wheeled her over to us in the post-op room and we kind of got to say hi and hold her hand and meet our daughter um, for the we first didn't, time. We didn't get to hold her. Yeah, we, she was all packaged in that isolate. So we just got to put our hand in and, you know, touch yeah. her hand basically. Mm-hmm. But it was – to me it was then it was, it was clear she was going to be okay because – she just had these wide eyes and was super alert and was blowing little bubbles. And like, she just, not that I have a lot of experience with it, not near as much as Haley, but to me, she seemed fine. Yeah. 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 And as you, so you see that you see that that's, that that's happening. And what, what's the next part of the process? What's, what's the, where are the next stages in the next few days as things kind of played out? So my mom actually came to stay with me in the hospital because Albert wanted to go be with Evelyn at Riley's. Um, So we were actually in different hospitals. But I just went through my recovery as normal without a baby. But um, he went to stay in the NICU. They actually had like a recliner and a couch he could sleep on in her room. Um, Yeah, so so I went over there and – basically met Evelyn and got to hold her and um and got to experience being a dad by himself by change the diapers yeah <laughs> i i the nurse had to teach me how to change a diaper um i thought haley was going to walk me through that but, yeah I, um, I did too that was my plan and just to be clear for a guy learning how to change a little girl's diaper is maybe one of the most uh frightening ter- i just like i i don't know what i'm doing here so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And then at at 24 hours postpartum, I was allowed to go visit. Um, I had to have my IV out for security reasons. And then a police officer would escort me the like 10 minute drive over to Riley's, which was (laughs) excruciating. Um, Fresh out of a C-section and the really bumpy roads in Indy. And the cop wasn't really being super uh, (laughs) cautious of the roads. It was was a rough ride there. Um, And so... I got to hold her for the first time. And again, that, that first day was just rough for me. I mean, I didn't really get to truly enjoy holding her, I feel like, because I was in a lot of pain. Um, but then going forward, I, I think I've visited on day three, 
yeah, I visited a second time, and then the next day I was discharged. So then I got to join you and stay with you in the NICU. So all in, how long were you actually in the hospital then after Evelyn's birth? Um, after Evelyn's birth, we were in the NICU for two weeks. Okay. So we were a week and a half before her birth and then two weeks after her birth. and So three and a half weeks, almost a month. When did you get the sense medically from the doctors like, hey, you know what? We're going to be able to put a shunt in. Things are going to be okay. How long did that take? Yeah, that was a <laughs> – so – we were the a whole week goes by and we're just sitting there like okay what what's the doctor's plan like are we going home like this is she gonna have surgery like we kind of just want to get this rolling so we can get home we're tired of staying in a NICU um and we we had to bring that up to the doctors we were like okay come on what's going on here because it seemed to us like we were just waiting for something to happen and we're like how long are we going to be waiting yeah and and we were talking to doctors every day. Um, we had the NICU doctors and the neurologists and the geneticists and most importantly was the neurosurgeons. Um, they were the ones who really had power over this whole situation and they were the hardest ones to get a hold of because they're in surgery all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, we were just sitting for a whole week after she was born. Um, they did an MRI and ultrasounds and could not figure out what was causing it. And we actually still don't know what caused the hydrocephalus. Um, But without a cause, there wasn't a real good indicator of what we should do because there's several different options that can be done to treat hydrocephalus. The shunt being one of them and that probably being the most popular of them. But there was another type of surgery I was kind of hoping for (laughs) that wouldn't involve putting um, a tube in our daughter. Um, But her but situation. it depends on the condition. It, yeah, it so. depends on the cause and the condition, and um, that wasn't the case. So the shunt is what we had to go with. Yeah. So I mean, a week goes by. She wasn't. She wasn't acting any different, and that's what really what they were looking for. They were looking for an increase in pressure in her head because that would then signify to them that they need to do surgery. Um, so then the the night before the day before the surgery, when they finally decided to do it, we could tell a difference in her behavior. Um, the spaces in between her skull bones had grown a little bit. That, that's what they were kind of keeping check of throughout the whole week. Um, I think they were able to see a little bit more space in the ultrasound as well. Yeah, the, the, her ventricles were bigger as well. She wasn't eating as well, a little bit fussier. So, I mean, it, that was a scary night because then they came in and said, okay, yeah, it is growing. Like, there is some more pressure, so we're going to go ahead and do surgery. And we're like okay, she's she's acting strange and we just want to make sure, like, do we need to go to the surgery right now? Like, is the pressure going to hurt her brain? Um, it didn't, but... So, so, okay, so where is your, at this point, as far as your hope and, and what you're hoping for, um, do you, because I think, in the, I mean, in the life of a Jesus follower, there's this we do feel this kind of this back and back and forth sort of thing there there's some days where we can feel very very hopeful where we can press into what god has promised us what you know and we can think of like man you know lord you've taken me through these these certain things in life before and i and i can see that you're want i know that you want to do that again we can be in that place and then for any number of reasons shortly thereafter we can be 
our, our posture of heart can be in a, also in a different place. So as this is going on, because for you guys, I mean, the big story for you is there is such a waiting game. There's a, there, it's like a bunch of intense things happening in a series and then a, another giant waiting game, which I think spiritually can be just one of the, I mean, Advent, the season that we're in is all about waiting. And I think because the, the idea of waiting is so, is so central to our experience as Jesus, as Jesus followers. And then for you guys specifically in this wait, these times of waiting, how did you, how in the world did you walk through that and especially walk through that together? Because I can't, I mean, you individually are going through any number of things you're, you know, and you're trying to recover on top of that, Mm -hmm. like trying to recover physically. What was the process? What, what was, what was that like on a day-to-day basis? I mean, it was slightly easier than before she was born just because we had her as a distraction too. You know, we were taking care of her and trying to breastfeed and um, all of that. But I think just still knowing this is all in God's hands and like, look what he's done for us already. Like she's here, she's healthy, she's alive. There might be some more complications, but he's going to handle it. And he's already shown us what he has handled so far and I mean, that's really what I was putting my my faith into and still praying and digging into the Bible. Yeah, and and throughout that first week, we could see every day there was someone else who came in the room and said, she looks awesome. She's doing exactly what she needs to do. Like, she doesn't need to do much. She's a baby. But she's doing exactly what she needs to do. She seems normal. Like, everything was kind of confirming that she was going to be all right. Um, But we were still waiting on like, what are we actually going to do? When can we go home? What is causing this? So like those questions just kept kind of building up over that first week until we got to a point um, where we were both kind of frustrated, (laughs) I guess would be the right word. And um, not necessarily with God, we were just so thankful that we had our daughter but we we were feeling a lot of frustration with just the doctors and the situation. So, um, but I so. mean, with each little thing that happened, like with the physical therapist saying, "Oh, she's doing great," or then like the different doctor like reassuring it. it I don't know. It just reassured God's presence and God's hand in all of the work. And that kind of helped with the waiting process because yeah. there's little progressions that you were kind of met along the way yeah, and the kind of a day by day sort of mm-hmm. thing. And, and again, I, I think it's a very, I think biblically accurate way of describing, um, you know, when you said we remembered back to, I mean, I, you lose track very, very quickly, specifically in the Old Testament, the number of times God says, rem, you know, the number of remember, 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 remember. And usually it's connected to remember how God delivered you before. His character has not changed in the in the midst of the circumstance, right? So he did this. He will do it again. Um, and, and I think that's the that's the grounding place. Guys, can, can I just – I want to put out a little bit of a – just a question – Apart from Jesus, how do you guys walk through what you walk through? Like, is that is that even? I mean, can you 
what does that look like? Yeah, that, that's really hard to yeah even picture without Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I was just—I don't know that I what I would have done without Jesus because I was just devastated. So, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, without Jesus, then like the powerless, like we felt powerless even mm-hmm. with Jesus. But to to not have that. To not like, have the most like, powerful being there is on your side or yeah, to not like, know that you have him on your side. Like all I can think of is like the only choice you would have is to like run away, like to just escape it. And that would have been terrible of me. And But I mean that's that would have been like the most logical answer without Jesus. Yeah. So in, in light of Jesus and thank God. God for Jesus. Uh, what for people that are listening that would be maybe that would come up against a similar experience to you guys um, that would have, you know, that would have some maybe uh, maybe a complication in a pregnancy or or even just a, a season of unknown in the health of their child. What what would your words be? What would what would you uh, if you had? Albert and uh, Albert and Haley, you know, version two or whatever in front of you, what would, what would you tell them? What would you share with them? I think I would say just keep trusting in God and, um, you know, tell them exactly what, what you want, what you would like to happen and know that whatever his will is, will come to pass, um, and be okay with that. But also just, I don't know, just trust God wholly because he's really the only one that has power to do anything, especially in the womb. Like we're so out of control with um, with babies in the womb. You, there's not a whole lot you can do with their development. You can't force certain things to develop one way or another. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could say <laughs> – you just got to pray and God will fix it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I want. That's what I, but that's that wishing hope instead of true hope in that, in God's promise that he will be with us mm-hmm. and he will bring us through the trial. There will be an end at some point and mm-hmm. God right. will get you there. Yeah. I, Jesus's words of, you know, Jesus never says like, here's the answer, but he does say, I am, I am the way I, I think that's powerful. Like there is a way in Christ. There is a there is a path to to walk. Um, and and I think that's just the a powerful a powerful reminder, even in the midst of your guys' story. Joel, I know I said this on a previous podcast, but I think it rings true in this one as well. You know, for a family who finds themselves going through a similar situation like the Gongwers have, or uh, it doesn't even have to be with regards to a child necessarily in a pregnancy at this point, but but just raising kids uh, in general. I can remember for Shauna and I growing up, we are now empty nesters, but I can remember looking back over all the seasons of our children's life and reminding ourselves, we dedicated this child to you, Lord. And therefore, we are, in essence, physically extending our hands and saying, Lord, this is your child, and we're going to trust you. Uh, We have a desire of this outcome, uh, but we are actually going to put our trust in you for whatever the outcome is that you have. And so I just want to encourage a listener today. You might be finding yourself in a parenting situation or struggle. Don't forget, 
um, we, uh, it's the words of the New Testament. Where do we go? Yeah. Where else do we go? Yeah. You have the words of life. You're the one that gives us hope uh, in the midst of the season. So to the to just encourage the one who might be listening today and saying, man, that's where I'm at. Um, trust the Lord. Uh, and, and I think you will learn a whole new level of hope in the valleys that you get to walk through. Um, and then be able to share your story on the other side, no matter honestly what the outcome is. Yeah, and that that is the and it's easy for us to say in in any given. I mean, it can feel very easy for us to say in just in a given normal normal quote unquote normal moment, but um, that we can, no matter the outcome, know that that God is in the midst of our of our outcomes and. Um, you know, I'm really grateful for your guys' story because I, I mean, we look at we look at Evelyn now. I mean, she's got she's got a bright future ahead of her. There, there's so many possibilities. Give us an update on Evelyn yeah. now. How old is she for the listener who might be tuning in? By the way, this is uh, November the 28th, mm. 2021. Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. How, how old is she now, and how is she? Um, on Tuesday, she will be eight months old. Um, she's doing good. We have a helmet on her, an infant cranial helmet, which can look scary, but really is just to help shape her head. Um, with the hydrocephalus, it, it really made her head larger in the back portion of her head. Um, and that we thought maybe that would go away as, you know, her neck muscles got stronger, but it's still kind of too prominent. And so we have a helmet on her. We don't know how long that'll be on. It kind of depends how fast she grows. But other than that, she's talking, eating, moving as she should. Um, her body's about like in the 10th percentile and her head is like the 95th. So <laughs> a large head for her body. So that kind of made it a little bit more difficult for her like during tummy time and rolling over and um, things like that. But other than that, she's been doing well. We have first steps therapy that comes once a week. Um, if people are not familiar with that, it's just uh, – children's physical therapist essentially that comes into the home for an hour and works with her and helps teach me or Albert whoever's there how to practice certain um, mechanisms to help with her development yeah yeah the goal of first steps is to make sure the kids hit their milestones and she's hit all the milestones that she needs to hit so um so she's doing well she's a lot of fun she's laughing eating yeah. I want to thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, I think too many times uh, people go through a life struggle, a trial. Uh, in this situation, we just counted a, a blessing for what the Lord has done in Evelyn's life and what he's taught a lot of us just through your story. So I'm, I'm grateful for you taking the time to share your story. And uh, I hope others will maybe take away a lesson of hope, Joel. Yeah. And, and again, you know, Albert and Haley, you guys— it's interesting because this opens up a ministry opportunity for you, you, you guys. And, and I don't know if you've already had those conversations with some people, but inevitably, I think I really, really believe uh, the Lord will continue to use this experience to, to point people toward himself um, to, uh, you know, and, and, and it's what we want to be about here at walkie MC. We want to be a place uh, for people that are struggling with things uh, to, to know that, that there are others that can link arm in arm with them and 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 walk alongside of them and 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 know that uh, yeah that 
there's always somebody who has a similar story who um, can help point people back to Jesus in a, in a time. So uh, I look forward to uh, the stories that I, I just know God is, God is going to use you guys in a, in a mighty way. Um, he's also, I mean, it's great. You have a, you have a living, breathing testimony with you, you know, uh, that, that is, that is your child. And uh, I think that's just a really, really powerful thing. So, Appreciate both of you so much for coming on and hanging out with us. I hope it. I hope it. It. It seems like you. You did okay. Do you feel was this okay? Yeah, I think we did all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having. Me. Yes. No. You're, yeah, you're welcome. We. We always. We knew when we were going through it that her story was going to be a big one that we would be able to show, um, just what God can do and. Yeah, thank you for giving us the opportunity to do this. Yeah, I, it's so great because I think I think what you pray what you prayed for at the beginning is actually like that's the amazing thing. That's the story of hope. It, it's actually coming true, just in a in a different in a different way. And and God so often shows up in uh, in the unexpected, and that's uh, it's just it's just good. It's just good that we can we can trust Him. So. Well, friends, uh, thanks for tuning in for another episode here. We look forward to continuing on our conversation through this Advent series. Uh, we have our friend Ruth who's going to be joining us next week for our discussion on the topic of love. And what is, again, what a story it is. We're, we're just excited. We, we've got some great people here at this, in this community, great stories, uh, meaningful conversations. Uh, that we really just believe are going to point you back to the hope in Jesus, especially in this Advent series uh, in this uh, time of year. So thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing all of you next time. Grace and peace to each of you. Thanks for listening to At Home, the podcast. If you'd like to know more about our faith community here at Wakarusa Missionary Church, you can head over to walkiemc.org for all the details. We hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey through the holiday season.